Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. I am Brent Young, as always, joined by some some highly esteemed uh, colleagues, friends, uh, comrades, uh, watchers of games with me, if you will. Uh, None other than Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Aaron, Chad, it's a special day in the city of Cincinnati. So uh, how are we? Recovery Monday. Oh, <laughs> is that is that Monday with a D E Y? Yeah, sure. Ooh, <laughs> I see what you did there, Aaron. Very good. Well, Aaron, how are we? I'm still in disbelief. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are about to be in the mother effing Super Bowl. <sighs> Chad, recovery's going all right. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I, I didn't turn it up too too loud. It was pretty mild celebration, but. Uh, Crazy to, like I said, the last time it happened, I was 11. So uh, I, I consumed a lot of the content today and uh, just kind of soaked it all in. It's 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 hard to believe that this, they won six games in two years and now they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, you know it makes watching sports that much easier. It makes, uh, you know, opening up the Twitter sphere that much easier. All this, that, and the other. And, and we're going to talk. Bengals and who day a little bit later, but you know, one thing I'm still in disbelief about is that Dan Co Transmission is offering this crazy deal. You know, if, if you go to Dan Co Transmission and you ask them, you, you know, you say, Hey, I need a little, little help on my car, and, and it's over a hundred dollars on the price, they're gonna give you what 60? Is it 60 today? 61? 60 today, yep, 60 today because. Because the Bearcats went to Greenville, so obviously you knew it was going to be a little bit lower this week. But $60 off for your fix. Over $100. Big time deal. Dan Coder is mentioned. Mention BBP. Mention Bearcats. Heck, mention our dear friend uh, Brady Collins, right? I mean, this guy is this guy is all over the place. He's a man. He's a legend. Uh, a figure that many just just simply cannot seize how important it is to have him on the BBP. And he graces us with his presence yet again. So I got to ask, Brady Collins, how are we? Doing great, man. Good to be back. Uh, Wish I could join you via cam, but I am in the truck. I'm on my way to pick up the daughter from gymnastics. And, uh, but it's always a pleasure to be here. Voice is all we need. Voice is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you're you're better looking than all three of us combined, but voices, voices. I mean, easy now, easy. Hey, three fours is still better than one ten. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. So math is math is interesting. I've got to open up the floor, Brady, and I've got to ask you because you know. First, we're going to talk Bearcats, and then I'm going to circle around. We're going to talk Bengals because I know you're a Browns fan, so I don't want to, you know, kind of hammer you down with uh, the Bengals <laughs> talk right away. So we got to talk Bearcats, and you're you're finally starting to post because obviously the the workout workouts have kicked up. It's what week week two, week three of it. So my question to you is: when you post this these crazy speeds today, uh, one that piqued my interest, one that I've seen. Kind of hit, hit a little bit of the uh, the headlines, and and I immediately texted the group and I said, "Yeah, we got to have Brady on now." Shimon Mateus. <laughs> I mean, 
can can you just explain to me how Shimon Mateer and and you know you can heckle me if I'm saying that wrong, but twenty point something miles per hour just catapult me through this uh, transition of, of of a monster human being in Shimon and how he is able to put up this speed and what you're seeing throughout the team with so many new faces. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, today was our first day of uh, what I like to call the speed school stuff that we do. Um, you know, we, uh, if you haven't noticed, it's uh, last year was the Fast and the Furious. This year is Too Fast, Too Furious. So we're just going to keep working our way up to, you know, the Fast 9 and, you know, all those things. But, uh, you know, just trying to have fun with it. Um, you know, we, we're blessed to have, you know, the capabilities to use sports science to our um to our repertoire of what we do and again why do i love it because it's all about competition right guys want to see how fast they're running uh they want to compete against the fastest guy and uh you know today's one of those days where uh we go out there we got a bunch of speed stations and we're working on technique and mechanics and then uh, at the very end we do some competitive races and, uh, you know, the longest distance we did was 20 yards. I mean, it's only week three, easing back into it. But um, it was it was kind of a shock to see, you know, big Shimon Mateo up there hitting that um, miles per hour. But, you know, it's not a surprise. I mean, he was a highly recruited guy. Um, he's a great kid. He's a, 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 a vastly growing young man, um, you know, and it's uh, it's just exciting to see. All those guys put up some good numbers. I mean, there was tons of others. I always try to, you know, obviously put the, the highlights of the 21s and the 20s and the high 19s. Um, normally, when you get longer distance, you can get those top-end guys. But uh, it was. It was uh, it was pretty shocking, but it was really cool to see. And I think we're going to throw up the speed so, here. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I was, I was throwing up your, your tweet with the actual speeds on it here for the uh, the viewers. Um so, I mean, obviously, Shaman Mateo is standing out as a, as a guy with some speed. But now that you've gotten your hands on some of these guys, um, first off, is there anyone who's just kind of jumping off the page and impressing you right out of the gate? And then also, who's looking like who's looking most improved since you last saw them in the fall? Uh, I mean, you know, it was just such a short time from you know the Cotton Bowl. To when we started up and you know our guys bless their hearts they're eager they're hungrier than ever so they were never really gone too long you know but uh i mean a lot of guys are really stepping up and kind of starting to impress me you know my eyes are always kind of looking at that corner room just because we know you know we lost two legendary guys and uh you know a guy that's sticking out to me right now that's really starting to you know kind of mature and change his body and his work ethic is like a Sammy Anderson. Um, I'm really loving the uh, safety room right now. You know, you got Hicksy. Hicksy's on like another level, really taking the leadership um, to uh, to new heights. But, uh, you know, Young Threats and Dingle and Amarion Smith, Isaiah Cox, all those guys back there, they're doing a great job. You know, Will Adams still keep kicking ass, doing what he always does. Um you know, linebackers, it's just, I mean, the bodies are unbelievable. I mean, you got Wilson Huber, 6'4", 240-ish, and you got young Jack Dingle, 
pushing 240, Dean Thomas 240, and uh, just watching those big guys move around and run today was, you know, really exciting. Seeing the young D linemen really start to emerge, Rob Jackson, you know, the Watleys, the Damo Perrys. That, you know, Damo reminds me a lot of like a Jabari. Just he's got fast twitch. Um, he's strong. He's powerful, and he's just grown so much. But you know, I, I would I, I tell my guys every day. I told Coach Vic this the other day. I'm like, the one guy that's really standing out to me, and it's you know, it's so easy to compare him because of his size. But he might be longer than Ahmad. Is the JQ kid? Um, he's a great kid. He's got a great personality, a great work ethic. I mean, he's like a sponge. I mean, you tell him one thing, he soaks it up, and you know, he's already put on like 10 pounds. Um, he's getting stronger in the weight room. He's just a great kid. And, uh, you know, more than anything, I would, I would give that a huge notch to Arquan Bush. I mean, Arquan is training with him every day and uh, really, you know, being an extension of me and spotting them and coaching them up and making them do extra and all that stuff. And it's, uh, it's been really cool to see. So you, you touched on it a couple of weeks ago. You mentioned how, you know, you set up the, the workout groups and, and things of that sort. Um, and you mentioned a couple that you were most looking forward to. Which ones have, have kind of caught your eye as far as you can see, wow, this, uh, they're getting a lot, of, a lot of added momentum, a lot of added enthusiasm coming out of this group or, you know, these youngsters or, or different things of that sort? Uh, I mean, you know, going into week three, which we just started, um, you know, last Friday was a big competition day for us. Uh, everything in the workout was offense versus defense. So, you know, in the one group, we had the O-lineman versus the D-lineman, and the D-line won that. And that was big because, uh, you know, you got a couple older guys but a lot of young guys on that D-line, so to see them really step up, that was really cool. Um, the linebackers versus the tight ends and running backs, they, they dominated that, which was really cool to see. Um, but I would have to say probably the whiteout group as a whole is really starting to impress me, probably you know just more so than ever. I mean, you got an absolute stud in Trey Tucker, um, you know, Tyler Scott, you know, Jaden Thompson's really improving. Um, but just, you know, top to bottom, I mean, all the guys in that room, you know, young Drew Donnelly, Wyatt Fisher, the new guy, Nick Martiner, really looking good. Will Pauling, um, there's just a bunch of good guys that really, they just, they worked their ass off. And, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, yeah, we lost two of the greatest players on the field, but even more so off the field in the corner room. So when those wideouts are competing now, they're, you know, anything. It's uh, it's kind of different because it didn't used to be all that, you know. I mean, the DBs, those guys, they never lost anything, and uh, you know. So I think it's kind of one of those things right now where the wideouts are really bringing the juice and uh, pushing the competitiveness. But uh, it's only a matter of time for the DBs step up and you know really start making a name for themselves as well. I think it's interesting, Brady, on the wideouts uh, because it ha- like usually when you do a complete overhaul of a room like what we saw happen two years ago, it it takes some time to bear that fruit. But because of Alec and and the addition of Michael Young, um, it it, it happened fast. But I think what people need to keep in in mind is the core of that were the young guys, and they're just now getting into that third year, getting into that point where they're like, 
becoming the leaders and, and you know, veteran old heads in the program, if you will. Uh, and, and I think you speaking to that talks about that. It says a lot to that, that that was a, a, a complete overhaul of that room. It was done uh, masterfully. And we might just be at the tip of the iceberg in terms of, of what these guys are capable of. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, you know, what Coach Brown's done with those guys, it's phenomenal. Um, you know, they really buy into his coaching, his philosophy, his styles. He's an unbelievable man and coach, and uh, it is. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, the core of that group, yes, it was, you know, the Trey Tuckers and, you know, yeah, even an uh, older guy in Alec Pierce, and then you added the Michael Young, which, you know, the the maturity and just the uh, the pro approach that he took to everything and the general love of just being around football all the time, it, it you know, it just kind of seeped because all those guys kind of had that. And, uh, you know, Tyler Scott having a big year last year, you know, Trey's always had some juice to him and all that stuff, but now, you know, really stepping up and knowing that, all right, it, this is our time, this is our unit, you know, we're going to really make some waves. It, it really is exciting because you got a lot of guys that are, you know, they're, they're not satisfied. They're, they're starving to get better. They're starting or starving to be, you know, one of the best units that, you know, has ever been through the university, which says a lot because I know there's a lot of big-time guys. But um, they're just really starting to buy into uh, that whole mantra that we have that, you know, the only, way to be, the only way to be the best version of yourself is that everyone around you is the best. And, you know, well, how do you do that? Yeah, the iron sharpens iron and all that stuff. And um, it's just uh, – it's been really cool to see. Got a two-parter for you. First off, the uh, the whole you know senior bowl down in, in Mobile has kind of kicked off, and and today has been the releasing of the you know the measurables and different things of that sort. So uh, first part is, do you guys use that as a staff to kind of kind of put up in front of the team to say, hey guys, look look at you know the amount of growth that Darian Beavers made. Look at the amount of growth that you know, Desmond Ritter made and, and different players of that sort made. And now look at them here at the Mobile, in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. And two part of the question is this. Is there any way that you try to stretch their arms or work their hands out so they, <laughs> they get a little bit bigger hand measurements or any things of that sort? Because, I mean, geez, every single thing you look at on there is like, oh, dang, too short of arms. I was expecting a bigger hand. So is, is there any workouts to – Try and grow the hands and the uh, and the arms. Uh, I mean, that's all genetic potential. I can't, you know. I, I wish I could touch them and make them grow longer <laughs> fingers and arms and all that stuff. But I mean, you know what's great about that is all those are just measurables. What you can't measure is their heart, their work ethic, their mindset. You know, just who they are and what they meant to us and what they're going to mean to a future NFL organization. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, we, yeah, you don't really use that stuff. I mean, straight away to kind of show and all that stuff. But I mean, no doubt I use, I use all those guys and, you know, my recruiting presentations down in the weight room, there's pictures of them all, you know, with quotes on them that, you know, all kind of emphasize and embody who they are and who they were and what they meant to this place, you know, cause that, I mean, those guys will forever be remembered here and not just because what they did on the field more so off it in the locker room. Um, but uh, it, it's cool, you know, it's that picture I saw with a bunch of them there. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, 
Cookie would have been there. He had surgery on his shoulder. He's going to be just fine. But, you know, it's just exciting to see all those guys and, you know, can't wait to see how the week goes out for them. And, um, you know, just w- what happens throughout the next couple months and all that stuff. But uh, it's uh, it is. It's exciting. I'm surprised Cook the- wasn't there still after surgery. Like just, <laughs> you know, the animal that he is like, ah, surgery, I wanna, I'll, I'll be fine. I know. I mean, I told him that too. I said, why aren't you at least just going down there? He's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, you know how Cook is, but uh, no, he's if doing he was awesome. there, he would have played. That's probably why. Well, if, <laughs> you, you, of if course, he went, he was, he was going to be on the field. And, right. Uh, it's, I mean, he's unbelievable guy. I'm blessed to still see him every single day. You know, he comes in later in the day, gets his workout in and, you know, still get to talk to him and be around him and, um, you know, again, bright future in his in uh, his path there. But uh, it is, man. I mean, it's going to be exciting. I know, you know, some of our coaches are going down tomorrow to Mobile to watch the practice and be around. And um, I would love to go and be around down there as well. But you know what? I got some I got some dudes to train. So but uh, just so happy for those guys. Can't wait to see how, you know, the next two months playing out for them. That kind of leads me into my next question, which was going to be, do you still see any of the uh, the graduated seniors or the uh, the guys that have been getting ready for the senior bowl coming into the locker room or into the weight room rather um, and, and working out with any of the, the, the new guys? Uh, no, I mean, Cook's been the one exception he's been in, you know, getting his rehab and uh, sure. training every single day in there. But uh, other than that, everybody's, you know, they kind of head off to their training facilities and, you know, wherever they're going to prepare for – not only the senior bowl, but the combine and all those things. So, but, uh, you know, keep a little, little tab on all of them, stay in touch with them. Everybody's doing good. And, um, you know, can't wait to see them again, obviously pro day when that comes around and, uh, you know, just making sure they're doing well. You know, I, I want to go back to the team and, and working them out because like you mentioned, you did have, you released the dues of the week and, uh, most recently, uh, so I, Rob Jackson is another name that you've mentioned him numerous times. He's he's popped up numerous times, and it's it's kind of goes with the whole measurable thing that I mentioned earlier. He kind of fits the mold of all those different measurables. Uh, what have you seen Rob do so far through his you know freshman year? Didn't really see the field much, obviously, because there was a plethora of talent in front of him. But what have you seen him kind of transform or? take on even more in the weight room because it seems like every single time that he's mentioned, he's got that tag of just very bright future to go along with. Him. Yeah. I mean, obviously they don't, they don't make, you know, many guys that look like Rob Jackson and uh, you know, but more, more than that is just, you know, again, who he is as a person. Uh, he's got a great personality, his work ethic. Um, you know, he's, He's just improved every single day, every single week that he's been here. And he, you know, he's still just so raw. I mean, he only played, what, you know, a little over a year of high school football. And, uh, you know, he was a big-time basketball player. Now he's here, and, you know, he had a, a season of getting coached, but, you know, couldn't really do too much besides scout team and all that stuff. But, like, you know, he always found ways to get better. And then, you know, just, just like all these young guys in the weight room, whether it happens fast or it happens slow or it's a methodical approach process, they just really start to grow. And, you know, their uh, 
their intensity and their work capacity just continues to grow. And it's, you know, I mean, I always, I'm always selfishly going to have, you know, the guys I'm training, we're going to do a little bit of extra and we're going to superset this with that. And, you know, my older guys are going to take them through a set of this and that because, you know, they feed off that. And, uh, he's just a guy that just, you know, he attacks everything and, um, you know, he's just really starting to really impress me and, um, just a testament to who he is and can't wait to see him continue to develop. I was going to bring up dudes of the week as well. Um, we're used to seeing names like a Juwan Briggs or like a Lenny Taylor, but there's a lot of new names, new faces. Uh, Brian Threats, Will Pauling, Jack Dingle, Rob Jackson, aforementioned, and uh, David Jones. Uh, David Jones might be the most interesting name to me on this list. Um, what's he been doing in the weight room that's impressed you to earn a dude of the week? You know, I mean, every Friday after uh, the conclusion of the week, I get with my staff and we just kind of, you know, we talk about everything, talk about the week, talk about the workouts and, you know, what's coming up next week. And, you know, I just, I ask everybody, say, hey, who's someone that really stood out this week? Like, not because they hit, you know, this amount of weight on bench or squat or deadlift or, you know, whatever. It's all right. Who made their body weights every day? Who's uh, pushing others around them to the level that, you know, we hold them to as coaches and yet, you know, they're instilling the greatness in them um, before themselves and just all these different types of things. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys that you mentioned, the Lenny T's and Jawan Briggs, you know, those guys, yeah, they were probably dudes of the week last week or the week before and um, are doing a great job. It's just, you know, we're always really, I'm a huge, you know, fan of trying to pump up guys as much as I can. I mean, it's never about me. It's never about my staff, anything like that. I mean, these, these kids do so much. And um, all I want to do is give back and reward them as much as possible. So when we do see things and, you know, they kind of continue to carry on and really stand out and, you know, my guys are like, you know, who had a really badass week, Dave Jones. And you're like, all right. Yeah. I mean, did he make his body weight every day? Yes, he did. Um, you know, did he check into breakfast and lunch on time? Yes, he did. He has no issues. Academics are good. Okay, cool. Absolutely. He's the dude of the week. Um, so, you know, proud of him. He's got a, he's always been great in the weight room. You know, I think his, his biggest challenge is going to be transferring that to the field and to, uh, to academics and every aspect of his life. Um, uh, because just like we tell all these kids, it's not, it's not just football, you know, and, uh, it's kind of stuck in my head right now, but I've been showing it in my recruiting presentations the past couple weekends. There's no surprise with uh, the team success that we have and the correlation to the team GPA. You know, we've had the highest team GPA every single year since we've been here. And why does that sound so shocking? Because we keep winning and that, you know, there's no surprises. You can't be really great in one area of your life and really shitty in the other and expect results. So I'm um, really proud of that. You know, thankful for our um, academic support system at UC with, you know, Miss Carrie and all her crew. They're all unbelievable. And, uh, you know, just, again, anybody that really steps up, we, w- we want to shout them out and give them a little love. You know, and, well, first off, the checking in for breakfast and lunch, I think I do pretty well at that. So I guess I'd, <laughs> I've got one one-fifth of the way towards the dude of the week. But – uh, aside from that, it'd be be a bit of an uphill race. But I have to ask a sexy question for all the all the listeners and the viewers. How, Nick Marder, you mentioned him already for a little bit. Tell us a little bit how he's looked and what you think the next step of his evolution is. And then, of course, how has Evan Prater 
Ben Bryant, the QB room, looked at on top of that as well. Yeah, Nick Nick is an extremely well-looking kid. Uh, he is very tall. Um, you know, he's got he's got great uh, big hands and a great attitude. He's always got a smile on his face. You know, I think he's still kind of getting you know used to the flow of everything. But uh, you know, he tells me he's loving it. He's vibing with everything. Really happy he's here. Best decision he's made. All that. And, uh, you know, I think it's just going to be a great process, you know, through this winter and then, you know, getting a spring ball, seeing what he does and all that stuff and then reevaluating and assessing and, you know, having a great plan in the summer for him. But, uh, you know, he's already putting on some good mass and, you know, the goal will be to, to get him as uh, big as we can. I mean, not big, big, but, you know, lean muscle on him and, you know, that's only going to make him bigger, faster and stronger, but really, really proud and happy to have him. And then, you know, the quarterback situation, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I'd be selfish not to say so. I trained those guys. Um, and, you know, Evan got to be around Ben when Evan was a freshman. So, you know, those guys have a great relationship. Um, Evan used to work out with Des and Ben. So now, you know, with, Den, or with Ben and Evan working out every single day, you know, it's, 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 it's like it was with Des and Ben. It's like it was with Des and Evan. I mean, they push each other. They don't let one person take a rep off. Um, they're having fun, pushing others. And, uh, you know, they're just really grinding every single day to prove to everybody in the room that, you know, they're here, they're going to compete, and they got each other's backs. And it's uh, it's been really, really awesome. Uh, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for two better dudes. And, uh, you know, each one of them have their own, um, you know, individual – kind of personal goals that they got to do this winter and then through spring and summer and all those things. And, uh, you know, each one of them to no surprise is really starting to attack those. And, um, it's, uh, it's been really fun to watch. I don't know if I've missed anything, Brent, so you can, you can let me know if I have, but the last time we saw the locker room, it was starting to be gutted. So have you peeked your head in Brady to see what the, update is on the locker room status or are you just going to wait and see as they unravel it at the big we're done oh no i make sure i pop my head in there every day i want to make sure you know things things are in motion and they're working um it is it's absolutely gutted it looks 30 times bigger um you know it's, it's exciting to see um you know the progress day by day and obviously can't wait for the end result those kids deserve it um, you know, been a long time coming, but yet, you know, we've earned it the blue collar way. We earned it through tough, nasty, gritty work and a lot of wins and, uh, can't wait for the unveiling, you know, um, but it's, it, it is, it's pretty cool. I mean, speaking of pretty cool, Brady, uh, it's not the Cleveland Browns, you know, but a pretty, <laughs> pretty cool thing happened in the city yesterday. And it, it, it's it's the Cincinnati Bengals, who day, heading through the Super Bowl. Uh, is this something that you have have kept an eye on? Obviously, in the same city, just the amount of success the two football programs in the same city have been able to have in the same year. And kind of what were you thinking when you were taking in that game yesterday? I mean, I obviously grew up a Browns fan just because you know you root for your dad's team. Well, and you um, have the Cowboys. So obviously, yeah, that was, you know, back in the day when Bernie Kozar left and jumped around. But, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously throughout my career, and I've been blessed to train 
and be around a lot of guys that are in the NFL and play on a bunch of different teams. So, you know, more so than anything, I'm just a fan. Uh, I'm a fan of every team. I'm a fan, especially of guys I've been around and uh, had the pleasure to work with, um, you know, both players and coaches. I mean, and that's what's kind of unique about uh, the Bengals. I mean, one of my favorite guys from our first year here, Doug Rossfeld, you know, chief of staff or whatever he is there. Incredibly happy, uh, you know, to see him be successful and the things that they're doing there. Um, you know, you look at a bunch of players on the Bengals team that I've been around. Sam Hubbard, Joe Burrow, Eli Apple, Von Bell, um, Isaiah Prince. You know, it's just uh, – it that, that's exciting. And then, you know, you throw a Bearcat in there and Huber. It's, uh, it is, man. I mean, it's really cool for the city. Um, you know, I love that tweet. I think Sports Center put out, you know, Cincinnati really is, you know, the football heart of it all. And I was like, hell yeah, it is. I mean, with the Bearcats and the Bengals, I mean, you know, what a lot of people need to re- put a little more respect on Cincinnati. But, um, you know, that game was crazy. Uh, I'm watching it. You know, the kids are going crazy. Wife kind of had a little stomach bug, but everything's good. And, you know, you're just watching it going into halftime when the when the Chiefs kind of ran that one play as opposed to kicking the field goal and they didn't, you know, score. You're just kind of like, hmm, that just seems a little funky. And then, uh, you know, Bengals come out and have a great defensive plan in the second half, really, you know, kind of shut down Mahomes and slow them down offensively and then uh, kind of start getting things humming. I mean, it, it, it was it was exciting. And I know a lot of people, you know, they praise – uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, you know, all the offensive weapons that they have. But, you know, I, I'm, I've been more impressed with their defense more than anything just because, you know, those guys, they just keep coming after you and find new ways to challenge you and stop you. And um, it's exciting. I mean, I was messing around with a bunch of our guys today. I said, who are you rooting for, the Bengals or the, Ra- or the, uh, the uh, Rams? And, you know, they'd be like, oh, Bengals, oh, Rams, oh, Bengals. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, this is tough for me because we got Marquise Copeland, you know, that is a dog and he plays a lot for uh, for the Rams. So, you know, but it is it's exciting for the for the city. I'm I'm extremely happy. I'm extremely, um, you know, invested and, you know, definitely makes the Super Bowl kind of more enjoyable this year. Watching knowing you got, you know, a lot more um, guys on the field and on the sidelines that, you know, you've had. Uh, the opportunity to be around. Go ahead, Brent. I, th- I know you got the, the question. Oh, to... well, I'm looking another... at time. I was right, looking I'll at time. I'll ask the sexy question again. Um, Go ahead. Of course. Uh, Joey Burrow, you brought him up. He is uh, absorbing all sorts of headlines, whether it be him mentioning his the ice on his jewelry is real because he's too rich to not, to not have real jewelry. But uh, aside from that, do you have a Joey Burrow story at all? Because I know you guys kind of intersected times there at Ohio State together. So, and any any Joey Burrow stories that you can unleash on the uh, on the faithful here? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure a lot of them are already out there, and there's pictures of you know the way he dresses or old school pictures of him and all that stuff. But just an incredible young man, uh, a complete grinder competitive guy, but, uh, was just always kind of quirky, just, you know, kind of had his own little, uh, style, his own persona. And, uh, you know, I think every single day when he came into the Woody at Ohio state, he was wearing, you know, flannel or some type of pajama bottoms, whether SpongeBob or you know, just something weird. And, um, a, uh, a, uh, what was that old, uh, 
arcade game, uh, you know, the NBA jam and all that stuff. Like he had some t-shirts he would wear all the time. And, uh, but just, uh, you know, just a, again, his, his style has obviously evolved and, uh, that's been cool to see, but just, uh, just a guy that, you know, definitely has his head on straight, has a very unique personality and, uh, you know, just so happy for him and, um, no surprise to see his success paying off. So who you got then in the Super Bowl? <laughs> it boils down to it. If you had to pick. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know who's who's even projected to win or what the line is. None of that stuff. Um, I, think it's, I think it's Rams. I think it's going to. No, I think it's going to be. It opened at four. Opened at four. Open and dropped to three and a half last okay. night. So Rams by three and a half. I think it's going to be exactly what we've been seeing all postseason. I think it's going to come down to, uh, you know, that rookie kicker with the ice in his veins, probably kicking a last-second field goal or something like that. I mean, I'll take that. It's just all these, yeah, <laughs> all these games have been, uh, they've been so close. They've been back and forth, and. Uh, you know, I know, again, each team has great high-powered offenses, but they also have extremely, um, you know, talented defenses that are going to challenge it. I think it's going to be exactly what we've been seeing, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a nice 24-21 or, you know, even a, a 31-28 type of final. I, I mean, the last six games in the NFL have been just phenomenal. It's there's no better sport than football. And I mean, if you didn't watch any of the last six games, then I I don't know what you did, but Brady, did you see that? Do you see the guy that hit the exacta? No, that's crazy. He, he bet 20 bucks. He guessed Cincinnati 27, 24 over the chiefs. And he guessed Rams 20 to 17 over the, uh, the 49ers. Guess how much you win for guessing the, exact same score of both divisional or both conference championship games. $20 uh, bet. What did it pay? $100,000. No. no. Just under no 600, th- just under $600,000. Wow. That's pretty impressive for a $20 bet. I mean, the odds I- are just crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like 22,000 to one on the Bengals Chiefs getting the score right, and then 13,000 to one on uh, the second game on Niners Rams. And then you roll those 20 times each, and you get it's like 578 or something like that thousand uh, dollars was the winning ticket. That guy had a good night. <laughs> And he's got a yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> he's got the almanac from Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, it's the best. That's one of my. That's top five movies right there. The the trilogies. Oh, well, Back to the Future, man. Would you get those shoes, the uh, McFlies? Absolutely, hundred percent. I would. <laughs> I think you would have to hit the exacto to be able to buy them, right? I'm pretty sure those are going for a pretty penny, but. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, it's it's been so much fun watching this. And, I, I mean, the success that the city of Cincinnati has had, it's just, man, it's brewing. It is exploding. So does it make you sad a little bit? Because, I mean, 
as a Browns fan, you're seeing Odell Beckham kind of go off a little bit for the Rams, looking like a whole new player over there. And then, of course, you have the Bengals. I, I mean, gosh, it's got to be tough for a Browns fan, Brady. <laughs> Again, I'm not a c- extreme diehard Browns fan, but I grew up rooting for the Browns because <laughs> of my dad. And as I have evolved and have been blessed to be around a lot of great, talented coaches and players, I am a fan of every team. But, uh, no, I mean, again, if uh, if it's uh, – yeah, I mean, it, not only just because we're right here in the heart of Cincinnati, but just, you know, the AFC North, That's I mean, that's what I've grown up in. I mean, being from Ohio, and, you know, I think that's some of the best football throughout all of, you know, the NFL history. And, um, you know, just great coaches, great teams uh, that play tough – you know, oriented, defensive, hard-nosed, you know, pound the ball and all that kind of stuff, football. And, uh, you know, it is uh, with the Odell Beckham thing. I mean, no, I mean, I'm happy that he's somewhere and he's providing value and he's, you know, happy and doing well and all those things. But, uh, you know, going to be a a great game, that's for sure. Cincinnati Public Schools are giving their kids off the day after – the Super Bowl. Are you gonna Are you gonna give the day after the Super Bowl off to your guys in the in the weight room? Uh, no. <laughs> Every, everybody but Malik Van because he's a Steelers fan. Everybody will be in the weight room that day. That is for sure. <laughs> Working Brady, off what those you, chicken wings. What do you guys normally do uh, for the Super Bowl? Anything? Have you guys? gotten together and watched the game or is it kind of just one of those everyone goes their own way it's it's kind of a balls in a in a pretty okay time to put something together if need be yeah i mean you know in the past we've kind of i've had my guys over to my place um we go over to uh one of our friend's house he invites us all over we go over there um you know just kind of it's always kind of hard because the game starts so late. You know, we got morning workouts the next day, but you know, it's definitely it one of those things you want to watch. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't start matter. that late. Be over by eleven. I got <laughs> bed early, man. It's a six-hour game for sure. <laughs> you're looking. You're looking forward to the halftime show, though, right? With Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Oh hell yeah, I am. That's a that's a lineup. <laughs> yes, it is. Be one heck, of a sh- one heck of a show, Brady. You can join us on the uh, BCJ trip to LA. Uh, Chad just sprung it upon Aaron and I today. Chad, yeah. all inclusive. He said he's yeah, he's sure. footing uh-huh. the bill on on the PJ to go out there, right? Getting yeah, us yeah. our own place, and on top of that, tickets to the game. How about that, Brady? How about that? Yeah, I think I think we got I think we got some workouts and stuff I got to do. I I would love to go out there. Um, but, uh, I think, I think I, I would best be suited staying home and helping the wife with the kids. <laughs> okay. Fair but you'll be at the same place that Brandon Aaron place. will be home. Well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I might go. I'm not taking them with me. <laughs> I mean, shoot tickets, tickets out there are, are dirt cheap. It's just the, yeah. uh, Fifty-five hundred dollars. You gotta, you gotta pay if you want to go into the stadium. Yeah. So that's uh, oof. I don't know if that's that's a lot out of uh, the BCJ price range as far as what I, I'm getting <laughs> so far. But you know, 
It is what it is. And, and who knows? I, I would take an all-inclusive trip to a workout for, for the Bearcat football program, honestly, over that. So who knows? Well, there you go. If I could ever, there you go. make it over there. Um, guys, anything <laughs> else for, uh, nope. for Brady? He's got to go. I know he's got to go. So, <laughs> Brady, yep, thank you so much. Pick, pick up the Okay. Oh, no. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Always, always a pleasure. Until next time, Brady. All right, boys. Be safe. See you soon. Good day, brother. Thank you. Brady Collins, man. And that is the, the, the minute mark at 40 minutes. Brady Collins, again, if you sponsored the timestamps, we would be able to insert your ad here. Just saying. You guys are hammering those. Hammering those. That's that's pitch. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we know. give the people what they want, Brent. Look, it, it's like we talk. We're working on Danco. We're building up the Danco business. We've turned Galactic Fried Chicken into the hottest uh, spot in Greater Cincinnati. So hot. we can do that for you. Wow! See, that's what I'm saying. Look what we look what we did for Home Field Apparel, the number four sales day in the history of the company. I, oh yeah, it was four. It was four. Wasn't it close to three, or was it? No, they, they, they just squeaked past Notre Dame, past Notre like, Dame at yeah. midnight. Okay, okay. And, and so, Danco Transmission, man, heck of a deal there, too. So Yeah, like if you want success in advertising, we're where to go. And the Holy Grail was getting a lot of love during the game, too. Oh, they don't need us. They're, that place, I know, that place I is know. big time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, guys, I, we, you know, we actually we actually gain credence from the Holy Grail sponsorship. They help us. Right. Right. Everybody goes to the Grail. It's the best sports bar in Cincinnati. Yeah, easy, hands down, hands absolutely down. Uh, so after just just hearing from Brady, there, guys, it seems as if this team is still so many new new names, new faces, trying to make a name for themselves. I I mean, seeing seeing Shimon Mateo's name there today was kind of just a that was jarring. yeah it, it was because you know you you constantly think about josh wiley and, and lenny t and lenny was the dude of the week this past week and then all of a sudden you see shimon in there as one of the top speeds right underneath drew donnelly uh you know i just think it's it's the amount of new names is jarring you know Look, and before you trey know it, tucker, it's gonna be like, wow yeah trey tucker and drew donnelly were legit like state champion level track stars mm -hmm. and six foot four, 257 pound Shaman Matea was right behind them. That's ridiculous. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw his name on that list. <laughs> and I don't care if it's only a 20 yard, you know, quick sprint. That's, that's still like, as that's an, un, that's an absurd speed for a guy at that position, especially because if you have that much burst, in a 20 yard length, I, I mean, you're going to be yeah, able that's to get a that's a tight end. Yeah, that's a tight end. You're going to be able to get open against a lot of different formations that will try and stop you. So tight end you flows on safely. I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's exciting to see those names. Um, but and then man. JQ fourth, like, let's not right. forget that. Yep. Yep. And of course, another name that just glowing reviews every time that, you know, Brady brought him up without us even mentioning him. Is, is, you know, he's like, you know, that, that guy, JQ. So I, I don't know. It's going to be exciting to see. We mentioned it every single podcast. 
who's going to step up and who's going to be the one that kind of takes control and, and owns a position or, or owns a spot in the two deep that we might not expect it. I mean, Chad, you dropped your two deep for the defense. And I mean, <laughs> it seems like it'll be some one that could, a UC Merck question could probably work well for this is predict your two deep now, then before spring, then after spring, then before fall, it, it seems like it's going to be so fluid other than the, the known spots up to this point. Well, the one now is the one before spring. Like spring, spring football is in a month. Right. Like six weeks. Like that, right. there's not much that's going to change in the weight room. Like you're going to have to change that on the field. Yep. So that one, you know, I, I just, I can't wait to get to spring ball. I, I've said it a hundred times already. I, I cannot wait to get the spring ball and get this started. I agree. I agree. So there was a big, uh, and anything more team stuff for football? I'm going to no. move, I think move on to Brady covered most bit. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Brady did as admirably as he always does. Um, so well, obviously a big, big weekend in recruiting. Uh, Mick just dropped a, a reaction article to the junior day here. From the um, offense. Defense is yeah. still coming. And then he's got a couple individual players. Uh, that he's going to talk to that we're here, the bigger names for features as well. So we got plenty of uh, of Junior Day coverage still coming this week on Bearcat Journal. And if you're not a member, 60% oh. off through Wednesday, through Wednesday night at midnight. So, you know, if you're just listening to this podcast and you're thinking, boy, I'd, I'd really like to have more of that, uh, you know, recruiting – deep dive information you know where to find us yeah we absolutely do just want to let you know there was a time stamp at 45 minutes at the conclusion of the football notes section so again if you were advertising that would be where we would put that ad in just saying yeah that's where we would um obviously some big names there uh not anything to look too far into because obviously it's Class of 2023, but, you know, still those articles will give you a deeper dive than, you know, we kind of can or, or will hear, I guess. Um, but, man, it, it's cool to see the, the different route that the, you know, I guess it's kind of an evolution that the staff is doing, kind of going from, you know, the now targeting the higher rated players, targeting those that kind of fit exactly what you're trying to do. So, um Man, that'll be a uh, that'll be a fun couple of names to track as that continues to uh, to build more and more. Um, next, as far as that, I mean, we got to just wrap up basketball recruiting, and then we'll d- dive into basketball real fast. But nothing really on the basketball recruiting front, I don't believe, other than no, nothing, nothing big time. Um, you know, they're they, they've had a little bit of. Uh like space between games. So they've been able to kind of start watching some senior tapes and watching some Juco stuff. But I still think the majority of that is going to come from the transfer portal. And we just won't find out about that until we get closer to the end of the season. So um, we'll get there, but we're not there yet. That is what they say. If you, if you build it, they will come just, uh, just kind of let it, to keep building, man. But um, yeah, aside from that, obviously the commits are all look like they're having good, uh, good moments and good games up to this point. So 
obviously something something to track there as that continues to build. But uh, I think the important thing for recruiting is you're getting to see what West Miller basketball looks like, and it's it's clearly guys playing with some freedom, mm-hmm. um, which is what players want to see, and it's guys playing fast. Right. Uh, which, you know, that's that's what kids want. They want to play up tempo. They want to be able to play with the ball. Um, they they want to they want to be able to be in a system that's that's player friendly. And this is very much a system that's player friendly. So uh, I think that's the best thing you can ask for in recruiting right now is that you've uh, that, that you've got an opportunity to kind of establish like this is what we're going to look like. So, yeah. And well, speaking of, of a uh, player friendly basketball, that scene in the locker room in Greenville, which I sure as heck hope if we've got one more season of, of AAC basketball, I sure hope there's not a road game in Greenville, North Carolina on the schedule. Uh, but Aside from that, the scene in the locker room after the win for West Miller's twentieth, sorry, two hundredth career win, that right there is, it's 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 a sight to see. Uh, from what we kind of endured as a fan, you know, as fans and media heads as well uh, last season, now seeing that in the locker room, man, it's a it's it's crazy cool to see. First off, the two hundredth career win. Second off, just how much it seems as if this team is bonded, especially around its coach. Yeah. I mean, that's the, they're getting there. The process is not quick. It's not easy. But I, I think you can see, like, this is a team more than anything. This is a team that's playing hard for their guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when's the last time you really wondered, like, even, even in the Temple game, even in the, the ECU game when shots weren't falling? Mm-hmm there was never a question of like, are these guys getting after it? Like we haven't seen that since what the first half against Tulsa. Right. Where they, they came out flat, like Tulane the, or Tulane, same, same fucking thing. I know. Um, Tulsa, <laughs> same thing. Um, but you know, you're looking at like what, six, seven games now, eight games now in a row that, that these kids are really, maxing effort and getting everything they can out of their their talent and ability which right now that's all you can ask for yeah Aaron you kind of had been uh you know just as a hop on the Twitter sphere during the whole entire day on Sunday you were kind of that uh that level-headed cooler heads prevail uh source for both games um and both uh situations if you will what were you thinking as yet again a a larger lead in the second half in a fully packed joking arena <laughs> all of a sudden starts to dwindle away and every call gets a little bit more just what was that every made basket for the opponent is a little bit more of like are you serious and then before you know it there it was at the end of the game needed a game winner for david and julius well what was going on through your mind as that second half was just, oh, just incurring the rage inside of my uh, my brain and my heart? I mean, the whole game was terrible. I have no problem calling it what it is. Like, it wasn't a good game, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> right. Is um, that the AAC, guys? Uh, yes. Like, can, we, can we just flat out say it's like a contagious thing? Uh, I know, like, the. I'm not saying that the Bearcats played down to their competition, but – 
I, man, it's just playing on the road in conference, man. That's not that's right. not an easy thing to do. It's hard. But I, like ECU is stinky, man. They their offense would look look terrible numerous times, and it just felt as if it was just like bogging down the game as a whole. But Aaron, continue with 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 your thought. I mean, at the end of the day, they held a a team to five field goals in the first half. Unfortunately, they were all three pointers because <laughs> right. that's the way that we play the game these days. Um, and like we talked about last night, I think I think it was what three of twenty five or something like that. Um, between basically every player on the Bearcats that saw minutes outside of Mike Adams, Woods, Jeremiah Davenport, and David Julius. So that's just. That's not good, but at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. I guess I like to believe that if you have better players, you're more likely to come out with a win. And I think that this team just has better players and better coaching. And so I don't put them out of any game that's close until it's zero zero. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Chad, it was another situation where the shots weren't falling at a premium, but you had. Numerous times where you know you kind of give the ball to David Julius, let him figure out a way to score the score a basket, and then of course Mike Adams Woods had had a career day, mostly a career half, but ended up with a career high in points. Is this kind of one of those where you know when the shots aren't falling, maybe it is give it into the hands of of DDJ or a hot Mike Adams Woods and try and see if they can't either create or knock down a shot in a timely manner. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you got, man. Like that that's that, that's your go-to guy. Like DeJulius has kind of entered that role as like you know, your your give the ball to him and go get a bucket guy. It's it's difficult um because he doesn't have you know that I he's not 6-5 with long arms where he can kind of you know, get a shot up over anybody at any given time. Um, but they're making do with what they've got and they are, they're fighting and that that's, that's the best you can ask for. Right. I agree. Uh, The, the Micah Adams would charge. Uh, can we all awful? Can can we all agree when you're playing on the road and it's kind of a, a momentum churning moment where you know there it is east carolina making their run the the crowd of of hundreds was really getting (laughs) into it and then all of a sudden a very bad call i like the whole block charge thing with that momentum behind it it's almost going to be a charge 100 times out of 100 when that could have been a three-point play for the bearcats in a way to just completely shut the door i just don't understand how you can make that call when he's already in the air and the guy slides under him. Now, granted, he slid from the the arc, the the circle under inside under the him. circle to outside the circle, right? Yeah. But what are we doing here? Like, that's not the why that rule was invented. That's not why. I don't know. Like, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the NCAA changes the rule on the falling into somebody as you're shooting a three the way that the NBA did. I think the NCAA will probably catch up to that. Um, but I think you have to fix the charging rule. Everybody hates it. it. It slows the game down as if shooting threes all day wasn't already slowing it down. I just don't know why when you are trying to go to the hoop that you're going to have a call like that change the entire momentum of the game. It's so stupid. 
Oh, it makes me, it, it, it literally makes my blood boil. It's so dumb. It's like asking like it, them to shoot more threes. Like you can't go to the hoop. There's no legal guarding position in that situation. The guy was coming from under the basket to outside the the, the circle while moving and sliding underneath as an off-ball defender. Like if I, I I'm of the belief charges should only be I like I'm I'm I like the charge when it is levied to the on-ball defender. Like, if you're down in the stance and you're guarding the shit out of a guy and he puts his forearm in you yeah. to gain separation, you deserve that call. Right. When you're just some slapdick 10 feet away from the play and you run over and fall down, that's not playing defense. It's not playing defense. It's playing within the rules, unfortunately, but yeah, it's, no, but it's, it's not, not because he never gained legal guarding position. Well, within the officiating rules, I guess, which is a whole different thing. Um, I don't know it. You know, it's kind of as as if you knew that, like he was making the call before there was any contact at all. It was a it was a charge when Micah got past the free throw line, and well, yeah, it was called before. The, the the contact is made. Yeah. Oh. So I yeah. like I don't know what to tell you at that point. The whistle was blown before the contact was made. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And Garbage. Twenty six year old Vance Jackson again has a huge game <laughs> against the Bearcats. It just was. It seems as if it was like last year. It was Brandon Mahan at at UCF that would always just have the singular massive games against the Bearcats. And this season it was Vance Jackson. Luckily Bearcats came out 2-0 in, in, in this matchup. But, man, Tristan Newton, he's been one of the better guards in the conference all season. Bearcats clamped him up until the very end when he starts to get going, was was getting numerous beneficial whistles. The, uh, the home he made court some, whistle, some great shots, though. He did. He did. Yeah, I, I mean, his first made field goal from the, was – a highly contested end of the shot clock. Yeah. What? 15, 17 footer. 17 so, footer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that tip your cap to him, but still, it was a game where I I couldn't be more happy for David DeJulius. Uh, you know, it sounded as if in the post game presser that David probably took the the whole temple end of the temple game pretty hard, and you know, I mean, I after countless games and, and numerous people talking about it. David obviously has it, you know, ha- struggles with some things emotionally and, and he was able to overcome that and seeing him go have, have the, the wherewithal to grab his offensive rebound and put it back up and, and knock it down. I mean, that's, that is awesome to see that for David to Julius. Well, he did a great job playing through contact, right? Right. Played through contact, stayed on balance. Like, this is why when everybody talks about, like, you know, going up strong, going up with a solid base, um, that's why. It's right. so that if the shot misses, you're still in a good position. Not, not only do you have a better um, look at, join, at, at at making the shot, but you also have a better chance to rebound the shot. I also thought it was Odio Guama and somebody else that both went in and contested that rebound 
that kind of opened things up for DeJulius to get his own miss and, and be able to cleanly go back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was textbook end of the end of the game situation. Uh, you didn't get the first one. You took the shot with the nut. You didn't milk the clock down to where you didn't have enough time to go get the rebound uh, and put it back up. And then the thing that's not talked about enough is DeJulius not not only like scores, but doesn't okay. celebrate and act like an idiot. He immediately gets down the floor and gets a hand up on Newton to uh, to challenge the shot. That wasn't a shout out to the uh, four overtime UConn game, was it? No, because that shot wasn't. There's, it was mathematically impossible <laughs> for that shot to happen in eight tenths of a second. So, so, so was that charge call on Mike Adams Woods? What is going on? But no, it, it you know, in the end, it was a, it was a win for the Bearcats and one that man, I, I probably would have had to cancel the podcast tonight if. Eh, no, we we would have still had it, but I mean, if that <laughs> shot wouldn't have right. gone down or something along those lines, it it, it just seems as if these these tough games really, I don't know. When the shots are falling, this team is very tough to beat. Very, very tough to beat. But these grinders outs, it's, it, it might be something that continues the rest of the way. Well, they're also proving that when the shots aren't falling, they can come up with ways to win. They're going to fight you. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're going to, they're going to battle. Like it's not right. going to be, when that's the thing that these last two games have said, they've said the most to me about this team is they're playing through offensive struggles and still playing hard because it is so easy when shots aren't falling to just like pack it in and be like, ah, it's not our day. Right. Not going to happen today. No, they're not doing that, man. They're still battling. They're still fighting. They're still playing hard uh, and doing everything humanly possible uh, to get you know a, a a good result. So for me, that's like that's how a team develops. That's how a team evolves. I think that kind of goes back to the point Brent was making at the beginning of the basketball talk, though, too, where you saw the celebration in the locker room. You saw yeah. some of the guys tweeting out after the game, "Congrats, coach, on your 200th win. Let's win some more." And I think that shows just how much this team believes in their coach, and and vice versa. To be quite honest, that they don't give up yeah. in games like this. For sure, oh. and and Wes Miller's got the uh, the city buy-in wearing a, a a Joe Burrow jersey to uh, the film meeting today. That was a that was a sight to see. Got a by the way, that. that was the worst Joe Burr I've ever heard when you said Joe Burr like you were shivering. I I can't roll my tongue like Cardi B. I've, I've tried before, just you know, Joey Franchise. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that in front of. Mr. Brady Collins, he's gonna Joey franchise. I wonder if there's something wrong with me. Joe Shiesty, Joe, Joe, (laughs) you're like that goat with the tongue, man. Franchise, the worst, but anyway, (laughs) speaking of franchise, man, Evan McPherson, man, what a weapon! What a weapon! God, he is so automatic. That's why you draft a kicker. That's why you draft a kicker. Um, that kicker. Right, he's that kicker. But no, I, I mean, this this basketball team is still, you know, and, and right now is when the, and I'm not going to say they are on the bubble still, that Temple game kind of really took a lot of wind out of my sails. But, I mean, shoot, this week is monstrous. you got a game on Thursday against Memphis. Uh, and then you follow that up on Sunday 
against Houston. And I watched some of that Houston-UCF game over the weekend, and UCF looks tough, but Houston, they look beatable. Um, I really I really think they do. And in front of a home environment and, and hopefully one that is going to have a, a good fan presence there, hopefully coming off the heels of a win against Memphis, I mean, if Cincinnati goes 2-0 and somehow this week, and I'm not going to put that pressure on anyone, I mean, there's no way that they couldn't be right there back in the talks of being a, a force and, or a team to look out for is when it comes to March. So um, a huge opportunity on the horizon this week. It's going to be going to be big, big back-to-back games. Probably the biggest back-to-back since, since uh, what, the Kansas City trip earlier this year don't forget they they're unveiling the uh the throwback unis oh yeah don't don't lose with those unis on don't lose hopefully the weather holds up it is looking pretty gross on thursday so yeah wednesday night going into thursday i'm gonna no i've seen thursday night like thursday night going into friday well yeah you're you got to remember you're looking at weather in Indianapolis. I am. I am, yes. The Which, weather in Cincinnati is supposed to be like ice Thursday evening into snow on Friday. So and, and the worst yeah. thing about it is this year I have not been able to make it to as many home games. And it just really bothers me because this week I was so gung-ho about making it to both. But now Thursday is like like I, I went to a UCF game a couple seasons ago. And drove home in, in in like a pretty hard snowfall. And man, I felt like I was like driving through like Star Wars, you know, when like the stars <laughs> are coming at you. Right. I had to pull off on the side for like an hour. I didn't get home till like four a.m. I was I, I don't know. It was tough. It's tough, but yeah. Hopefully the weather holds up because man, there needs to be a crowd there for both games Thursday for sure. Because I hey, Memphis, I they. They're loaded with talent, yes, but man, they've got some holes in that team. And then, of course, on on Sunday, I'm expecting a big crowd. Sunday, I I, I think this is a pretty frenzied city when it comes to sports right now. So, Super Bowl is a week in, in a week. So, go here and then fly out to LA with Chad and and Aaron and myself, and then we'll you know we'll be able to go from there. But yeah, I don't know. Do you guys think if if two and zero this week? And yeah, it's going to be tough. But obviously, if if two and zero happens this week, you got to put Cincinnati right back there in, in in every talk as far as it goes to to the potential of postseason play. Yeah, I mean, if you get look, we we've talked about it. the The biggest thing on Cincinnati's resume is that win over Illinois. If you can somehow find a way to add a win over Houston to that resume, right? And and guess what? That SMU win continues to like they, they haven't lost since no. playing Cincinnati. No. So, like, if you have three marquee wins, two marquee wins, and then a third, like, really solid win, when you compare that to what the bubble looks like, you're going to be in the conversation. I'm not saying you're going to make it. Like, I'm not saying you're a lock to be in. Right. I'm saying. If when the conversations are had, your name has to be part of said conversations. That's all. That's all. I mean, 
for this team in this situation, that's all you can ask for. But look, beating Houston requires a level of toughness and physicality that still what we know about this team is they are not a good rebounding team. And what we know about Houston is they will beat you into submission on the glass. So, you know, it's uh, it, it will not be easy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying it will be impossible. I'm just saying it's going to be, it, it's going to take a lot. That's all. As far as the three-point shooting goes, I, I did want to touch on it because obviously it's, it seems like it's a, it's a piece of the team. Um, is it one of those just where they had that five-game stretch and that might have been an, a bit of an outlier through five games? And now it's – because you go from hitting, you know, 40% or more, and then now it's back-to-back lower than 25%, but still high-volume attempts. It's playing on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So 40 playing is not, on the road. 40 is not it, sustainable. You you play right. to your average. You know, you, you hit at a high clip and then you come back to earth and you, you aren't going to hit at that same clip. But, yeah, 40 was never sustainable. I mean, it was, it was what, 44.9 or something through those five games? That was, uh, yeah. that was fun. That was fun. Especially <laughs> the, the 16 knockdown in two games. But, yeah, I mean, what? So at Temple, 7 of 33. At ECU, six to twenty-seven. Um, I for one am still okay with, with with shooting the high volume because you've shown the ability to knock them down. But I don't know. It it seems as if it a water finds this level situation, and hopefully in the, in these big games that matter at home, like you said, that that's when the numbers do start to even out a little bit more, where the those twenty-five percent rise back up. So we'll have to see. Proof will be in the pudding on, on Thursday. Proof yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, well, we're kind of breezing through today, guys. Uh, and anything more on the on the basketball front before we – and I actually don't want to dive into the BBP mailbag quite yet. But um, I do want to just ask just guys, because uh, I'm sure, Aaron, you'll probably talk about it on the PTP tomorrow, and Chad, you might on the BCJ pod. But kind of just wanted to hear your overall, just how you – took in the whole Cincinnati Bengal experience yesterday and kind of just your your thoughts on what it does for the city, uh, for the sports outlook. Is, is this the highest – I just come from behind upset of the, the Goliath, I guess you could say, which was the Kansas City Chiefs, even though the Bearcats beat – the Bearcats, the Bengals beat them earlier in the season. I, is this – where does this level up for you guys as far as your favorite Cincinnati sports moments? I mean, we don't have a whole lot of favorite sports moments because they always lose in the big moments. So for the, for, <laughs> right. for, for the curse to be kind of, I mean, the, the Bearcats kind of paid the way as far as like letting the city believe in something and then to have the Bengals follow suit, like it's nothing but good for the city. And even trying to bring it back to Cincinnati, like, recruiting and, and the football at the university of Cincinnati, like having a successful football franchise for the NFL in the same city that you have 
you know, the, the university is nothing but a good thing because it's just another selling point for why come to this city? Well, because we have this, we have this, we have that. And it's creating an electricity and a vibe in the city that we haven't seen here in a very, very long time. You get glimpses of it with like a Reds opening day or when Andy Dalton was making the playoffs, you know, we, we had a little hope, but when you lose over and over and over and over, it's hard to continue to believe. And now you have a guy who refuses to lose no matter if he's on his back nine times, no matter if you're down 21 to three against arguably the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's again, nothing but a good thing for the city, nothing but a good thing for the energy here in town for the, the fan bases all around because a lot of people do piggyback one off the other with going from the college football season right into the NFL season. And, you know, their Saturdays and Sundays are consumed by Cincinnati football. So it's again, just nothing but a good thing. And it's been a long, long time coming. True. So I've been in a weird spot, like, because I've been, we talked about it a million times. I've been emotionally detached from the Bengals for a while. Mm -hmm. I still watch every game, but I like, I've kept myself from being emotionally invested because it just, it it didn't go well. Like I, I I probably should have not stopped it, but I just got tired of like, like the, the disappointment of week to week, year to year, watching a team when they're good, they never lived up to good. Right. And when they're bad, they're so bad. Like there was no there was no reward. There was no light at the, the end the light at the end of the tunnel was always a fucking train. Always. Yeah. And it made it like it made it to a point where I was like, look, because of work and because of like my place in the city now, like the sports landscape. I have to watch. I have to like be knowledgeable and educated, but I'm not like, I'm not slamming the door and like kicking the dog when they lose like a game that they had no business losing. Mm -hmm. So I have really enjoyed watching this team because they're a connected team. They're a fun team to watch. They've got a phenomenal leader in Burrow. They, they, all of those things get you more invested, but I've had a hard time. Like, I'm not going to fake like, oh my God, I've been so diehard for so long. Like I, you know, like I've watched, I watched the the Raiders game with my childhood best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I watched the divisional round and the championship round with my dad. And it was pretty subdued. Like, you know, high fives, fist bumps, like, but they were like, we weren't hugging and crying. Where I've gotten emotional is watching videos of the people that didn't emotionally disconnect, right? Like right. the people that that just took the abuse face first, like Aaron. Like just hit me in the chin with it and give me another. Yep. Like, those are the people I feel awesome for because, like, they deserve – I don't – I don't deserve – I got out in front of it. I was like, screw this shit, man. I'm not – 
I'm not going to like live and die by your antics anymore. Right. And you have to give a massive amount of credit to this front office for over the past two and a half years, getting it right. Now Mm -hmm. they needed to bottom out. They were the worst team in the NFL at the exact right time. Like, you know, you know how rare that is. Well, it's kind of like when the Cavaliers ended up with LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, right? You it has to happen. Like, think the Cavaliers were also like they took Anthony Edwards with the number one overall pick because that was the worst year possible to have a number one. Like, if you have the number one overall pick in th- this year and you don't trade it, you're a clown, right? Like, you're in the worst possible year to have the number one overall pick. The Bengals were the worst team at the end in the NFL at the exact right time. Right. And there's, right. there's nothing you can like, you know, it wasn't like everybody was like going into that season. Like Joe Burrow is, you know, the shit mm-hmm. by the no, end I mean, of that season, everybody was there. He wasn't even the first quarterback off the board. Right? It was took, like the no, fifth he... or sixth quarterback going into the, the, like the season. season. Yeah. So, they got and but then what they did in rehauling, revamping, completely reconstructing this defense. Like I talked about this on radio a lot coming into the season. I had them at six, seven wins. And the reason I didn't have them at more is because we'd never seen any of this defense play together. Maybe they're great. Maybe they're we were coming off of like four seasons where they were the worst defense in the NFL. Like, historically bad. So it was like, I, I can't have the faith yet to get to nine, ten wins until I see if this defense is legit. Well, what's one of the three playoff games? In large part, the defense. Defense. Yep. The offense has been dreadful in the red zone. Turning red zone drives into touchdowns. So they answer, they've answered like every question. And I'm so happy for the city because this city fucking deserves it, man. We get, we also, we've been kicked in the balls for so long. We also beat the overtime rules that people were bitching about just the week before. Uh, there were so many people lining up to dunk on me when the Chiefs won that coin toss. Yep. They were waiting. And go get a stop. Go get a stop. They did more than a stop. They got the ball. Right. And it, if, if Jesse Bates doesn't make that tap. Hell of a tap. That's yeah. a Tyree kill 45-yard completion, and the Chiefs are in business. Yep. I, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, 21-3. to three. To come back 21-3 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. That just... I couldn't tell you anyone Brett, could do that. Brett, they went 60 minutes. If you count the second half in yeah. Cincinnati, the second right. half in Kansas City, they went 60 minutes of football and gave up six points Yeah, to that offense. I mean, it's funny because, like, even in the BCJ pod last week, Dave was like, no way that this defense can hold Tyreek Hill and, and you know, Travis. Tyreek Hill didn't have a catch in the second half, did he? For, no, the – the entire second half, they they controlled both of them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think, think Travis had like I one, think on one the game, long catch, but that was it. 
Yeah, Kelsey had a catch on the, the, the drive that led to the field goal that sent it to overtime. Right. But other than that, those two guys didn't do anything. Oh. It was, it, it was incredible. I, I, I still I, – I, I, I'm having a hard time believing it. Uh, wow. And, and it's, getting, it's getting to the point where, like, I don't see the Bengals losing in the Super Bowl. Like, it's It's weird. It's a very I would have felt much better if it was uh, San Fran. Yeah, yeah, because I just feel like that would have been like the one like we got unfinished business. Right. And outside of Debo Samuel, like that San Francisco offense is right. Both of those defenses. Did you know that the Rams have only given up twenty passing tw- touchdowns in twenty games? Yeah, I, that defense is a menace. Right. And and they've got between Stafford, Cooper Cup, OBJ, Panthers, like they they've got they've got some offense. Like the Rams are going to be a problem. I was hoping San Francisco won that game for real. I, you know, we we mentioned all those names, but literally we're just playing at Kansas City in a true road environment. Yeah, sure. I'm know. not saying it's impossible. What I'm yeah. saying is, I would have like if you're comparing the Rams and the Niners, yeah, you want the Niners, even though like the Niners' defense is outstanding, right? But the Rams' defense is outstanding, and like they've got legit offense, legit offense. So it should be a hell of a game. I, I'm so tempted. Like I wouldn't buy. I'm not spending ten thousand dollars on tickets to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> But I'm so tempted to go out there and just like, like, spend like like you know experience a Super Bowl weekend. And, I bet you could get get credentials. Um, I don't think I don't know that they would like. I I'm not. It wouldn't be going through the Bengals for credentials. And one, why would the Bengals credential me? I've never been to the a Bengals game as a right. credential media member. True. And two, I don't think the NFL would be like, oh. Uh, Mo Egger has written two columns about the Bengals for your site. So, yeah, you're in. <laughs> Hop on board. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, it's worth a try. Oh, wow. You got the PTP under your umbrella, too? You're in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's like we've had the Bengalorian in our network. Like, Yeah. <clears throat> Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. But, man, uh, so cool for the city. Like. So, so, so cool for the city. Oh, and, and the best part is this. Just coverage at all. You know, I mean, you listen to, to numerous, you know, I, I listen to, to uh, uh, part of my take, Barstool Sports, and, and it's just so much Cincinnati talk. You go, you, you flip well, yeah, the ESPN. Yeah, they love Burrow. So. Yeah, yeah, but, but you flip the ESPN, it's so much Cincinnati talk. And, it's just great for the city. And it ties back to what Aaron said about how it affects recruiting. It affects the entire country's perception of Cincinnati. And then when you sit back and you're like, you know what? Yeah, the Bearcats also went to the college football playoff this year. Right. And and you tie it all together. And all of a Look, sudden, Wes Miller making a run in his first season at the helm. It's just we, – We talk about 88. We talk about 92. We talk about 90. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna be talking about 2021, 2022. Yeah, it's about for damn a long time we start. Time. 
about damn time we start talking about a year with a two in front of it. Jesus. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> it, it took it took 21 of them, but now we finally got a couple things <sighs> to talk about. Yeah, we had the all the the tragedy in that in that one city down there where where I mean in a way the Bengals kind of rectified that taking down the uh the Titans in yeah. Nashville. Uh, I, I don't know that I'll ever go back. But I mean, <laughs> I have to go back to the area because my sister-in-law lives down there and we, we visit occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but downtown Nashville, I think, is dead to me. I don't think I can do it. Yeah, Bridgestone Arena. What? Where, what is that place? Never heard of the, it. The Bearcats but... are in the tournament in Bridgestone Arena. Uh, you got, now go fuck yourself. I'm good. <laughs> Pre-game is at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Pre-game is at Chad's house, wherever Chad's house is at that point. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I don't know. The whole thing's just awesome. Um, yeah, and, and cool. I haven't been to, back to the city during it, but by all accounts, it just looks like it's it's lighting the place on fire in a good way. Oh, I've um, watched a hundred reaction videos. Oh, it's all they are awesome. They are awesome. Bars, like, people's houses. Yep. Like you know the the um, Adam Clement. Dave Simone, Adam Clemens from Channel Twelve. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Probably not, but he he works. Um, he he's like a you know a standard reporter for them. He's from Cincinnati, right. uh, really good guy, and he did like a a stand up live in the parking lot from Bengal Jim's tailgate right after the game, and he had on Jeff Ruby and like you could tell he had a bunch of buddies that were like spraying them with beer as he's live on TV. And like, you could, he was trying not to cry. Like he was trying not to like get emotional. He was trying to like bring the story back home, but you got that sense of like how much that meant to him. Yep. And getting to cover it and getting to forever say, like I was in Kansas city and covered when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. And got to do this. I've got this awesome, you know, they went like seven, eight minutes. It was long, like live on the news where he's just like going and going. He's talking to Jeff. He's trying to get Jeff Ruby to take the bus out to L.A. Like it was it like stuff like that, man. That's what gets me yeah. because that's the awesome, like the personal stories. Like Brandon Seho lost a cousin mm-hmm. right before the game in Nashville. And it's been emotional as hell for Brandon, who's like my like one of my many sons at this point. Right. To see how much this has meant to him and like what this journey has been. Like that's the awesome stuff. Yeah. Great guy. Brandon's a great guy too. Yeah. Um I and, you know, another person who I kind of saw that was similar to having these high emotions, it was Boomer Siason on the uh yeah. on the panel when 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 he was just on the camera, they didn't they never pass it to him, but it looked like his eyes were watering up, and he was just kind of soaking it all. And it could have been the, the extreme cold, but no, I think. Well, it was... well, but they like they kind of stayed away from going to him. They did. They were like, yeah. "We're going to let Boomer like we're not going to make him cry." Like he right. was going to cry yeah. if they came oh, to him he and he right talked there. about what it meant to him. He was going to cry. They saved him from that. Well, and, and only only over the last like week or two has he fully embraced publicly that I still love the Bengals. It was like he was trying to be no, he was non- trying to be objective, but like he did a lot with Burrow when Joe got the when Joe got drafted. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's hidden it, but he's tried to be like non-partisan. Put up the, 
the, yeah, put up the, the, the feeling of like, I'm not just a Bengals homer until it's time to be a Bengals homer. And then it's like, yeah, this is, this is my franchise. Pick the the only one I saw literally like anywhere to pick the Bengals in the last two weeks. So was Boomer. K, K Adams. Well, K, yeah. yeah, those two. Yeah. And those two are die hard like Bengals. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's awesome. It is awesome. And Dave picked Kansas City, by the way. He did. He did. And and he, he better he better <laughs> wait, he did pick Kansas City? I believe he did, didn't he? Why didn't list I I was listening, I but I don't did. know if I got to his pick part yet. Oh man! Oh, Aaron, you were there, didn't he? Pick Kansas City. I don't, I'm always listening to where I can put a, some like something else up on the board. I don't know. I have to go back and stamp. listen so he doesn't. Yeah, we're time. He might have picked the Bengals. I don't know. I we do I'm so sure. much content; it all just kind of like comes out in the wash right now. <laughs> I'm sure he'll let us know, but I'll go back and listen to the end there. But you know, it's it's an awesome thing, and you know, for sure. From from for now sure. until kickoff a week from Sunday. It's going to be nothing but great coverage, great exposure for the city. So, man, soak it up. And Joey Burrow is a legend. And, and you know what? Oh, I've got a recommendation, too. I've got a recommendation. Okay. Okay. Pre-game spread Super Bowl. Like, if you're having a Super Bowl party. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people do this because when we went on Saturday and got ours, and there was only, like, one left. Cervatis, the pretzels and beer cheese dip at Cervatis, top notch, is is a must have for your Super Bowl party. Okay, the pretzels are so soft. Here, I'll, I'll let me get back on camera. I agree, Brian. I, I think Simone was expressing confidence in the Kansas City game. Uh, I, if I, Chad, I just me. don't remember if he picked. Well, Chad's no, got... he was he he was pumping himself up about how he had yeah. hit. So many right in a row. Right. Like seven in a row or something. Chad's got me second-guessing everything now. So no, I, I don't... think he did take the Bengals. I think he did. But but these right here uh-huh. are the best pretzel bites so good. that you can ever buy. We had, them on our, we, had them, we had them on our spread, too, this past weekend. They're amazing. Like, you have yeah. to get – like, if you're doing a Super Bowl party without these, oh, I'm going to have another, like – I'll have half of this bag tonight probably when we get done here. Well, we we had to get extra because we the the only uh, beer cheese they had because we were so late was the the big one. Okay. So then we had to get extra pretzels. So, so, so you that we could... literally have to start drinking it like beer. No, you just get extra pretzels so that oh, you've got fair. you got some leftovers. My stepmom was like, "Are you going to freeze the rest of those pretzels for the next yeah. for the super?" I'm like, "No." We're gone. just going to eat all these and then go get some more for the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, those look like they, they'd be pretty good dipped into Skyline dip, too. Uh, they probably would, but the the, the beer cheese is kind of my thing it's, with pretzels. Beer cheese slaps. Slaps. And Aaron, no. Like, Aaron, you did these. I've done, like, it, it, go. And if anybody from Cervantes is listening and wants to sponsor the timestamps. <laughs> Well, I'll eat them on the show. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, like I've thought about it like three different times during the show. Like, it, would I would I be if I just put mute on and just ate? Like, if they were a sponsor, I would sit here throughout the show, eat the pretzels with the dip, and just unmute when it was time to talk because yeah. they're they're fantastic. That's that's, that's good, good. And then yeah. and then some barbecue grippos, and you're you're set. Oh man! Barbecue grippos, uh, outstanding. We did a, we, I did a meatloaf. 
for oh. post game and a post game oh. meatloaf to celebrate. Behind it, I can get behind it. Well, um, the problem was I learned uh, in the in the uh, divisional round we made steaks. Uh, but to get the timing right to have dinner at the end of the game, I had to be cooking during, during the fourth quarter. Yeah. So meatloaf, you can just put in the oven yep. and be like, I'll come back and get you when it's time. I yep. took it out of the oven when overtime started, let it rest. Mm-hmm. And then when the game was over, we had a bountiful feast. I, my spread was a lot of just liquids. Just a I, lot yeah, of liquids. I get that. I can see that. Plenty of liquids. And then it just carried on to the next game. And before you know it, it was 6 a.m. in the office Monday morning. I like I was so busy doing stuff that I just I like I was looking back and forth at the Rams 49ers game. And then at one point I looked and it was there was like six minutes left in the third quarter. And I was like, what happened? (laughs) <laughs> what just yeah. happened? <laughs> well, yeah, we were like so wrapped up in conversation among the group right. I was with, and then we looked up and we were like, wait a minute, this is yet another really good game. Yeah. And that is almost over. So let's go ahead and watch it. Lock in. But yeah, so had to had to throw in the quick bangle stock. Um sure. Let's, I mean, let's get some let's get some mailbag awesome. love. It's awesome. But yeah. Time for the five one three, Aaron. Aaron, tell us a little bit about what uh you know what's going on with this mailbag. Well, before I get there, 513shirts.com does sponsor the Bearcat Bounce Mailbag. And again, if you go to 513shirts.com, you get 10% off on uh, your purchase there just for entering code BCJ. Also, uh, free shipping on all orders over $45. I believe they still have the, what, 20% off on the Bengals stuff. Um, which Bengals stuff's hard to come by right now. So if you can get your hands on stuff. Uh, There's no Bengals merchandise in town. This, they're playing in the Super Bowl in two weeks. There's no Bengals merchandise if, in town. If you all remember when, when the uh, the Bearcats were in the Cotton Bowl, uh, the Bearcats merch was also hard to come by. So it's it's a it's a fun thing that the merch stores around town are enjoying right now. Um, also, the Malik Van collection uh, is 15% off. Um, so – be sure to get your 513shirts.com merchandise. Um, outside of that, though, we do have a mailbag. You know, speaking of the merch, I'd say that's a good problem to have if they're wiped out, right? Oh, that's, it's a great problem to have. That's correct. Unless you're the merch company and you're trying to sell <laughs> merch and you, you don't have any to sell. We have sold all the merch. <laughs> merch. Um, but first and foremost, UC Doc asks... Oh, nope. Just kidding. You see Merck um, asks, uh, please forgive me if this has been done, but please say what your favorite offensive, defensive, and special team play this year was for football. We've done this, right? I think we have, actually. I think we did favorite um, offensive play. Okay. Or maybe game or something. I, I don't know. Um, offensive play for me, Tyler Scott, touchdown, first play of the season. Okay. Defensive play for me, Ahmad Gardner blitz uh, in the Houston game. Okay. Um, special teams. Cole Smith in the in the Cotton Bowl. Like I, that was that was really good to see. Like Cole. Yeah. Come back to life. Okay. Aaron, you want to go or you want me? Uh, no, uh, offensive play is the same for me. Um, I think. 
again, I think we've had that at least that that particular question before. Um, the defensive play for me was the eight plays that it that they stopped yeah. in the in the red That's zone right up there. That's right. All, up there. all of them collectively, because that was right. maybe the most important stop of the entire season. Um, and then special teams, probably the way Trey Tucker laid out the Alabama guy um, and causing the fumble in the cotton bowl, because for a moment we all thought, God, we got this and we couldn't come up with the recovery, but still <laughs> just the way that he just smacked Alabama right in the mouth, giving them a chance. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's still right up there for me and we, we just couldn't capitalize. Uh, offense, either big run by drone forward against uh, UCF or uh, Houston. Um, I also, I'll throw in the uh, the chili special against SMU. That was just uh, yeah, we were dominating them and a little bit of fun with uh, a very special player. Does yeah, we we punked them. It, yeah. it was, that was that was that was rubbing it in, rubbing their nose in it a little. Exactly. Sure. Uh, defense. Uh, I'll go with. With the big man sack, that was a combo between, uh, I think it was Malik and Jabari, right? That yeah. sacked uh, against Notre Dame. And, and Malik got up with the broken finger and was like, you know, waving, no, no, no. So um, yeah. I'll go with that. That was a that was a really cool moment. Special teams. Kickoff return. Trey Tucker uh, against IU at Indiana. Yeah. Just a mammoth swing of momentum. So uh, Really yeah. set the mood for the wedding that night, didn't it? <laughs> boy oh boy i uh I was, I was with the guy whose wedding it was for the Bengals game this past weekend and he just couldn't stop telling me about how the uh the family still mentioned my performance at the wedding so uh <laughs> yeah unreal um yeah. I, I also forgot about the uh the field goal blocks that might be up there for me on special teams right. as well so. yeah arquan um, bush coming off the edge baby yeah um what were the short and long-term results of the recent recruiting weekend Stay tuned. Recruiting is this isn't a recruiting insider information podcast. So stay tuned. Uh, Mick will have it covered. Also, most of the time that's VIP content. So it's what you pay for. Um, is the locker room project expected to be done by spring football? Any idea when they might release renderings of the IPF? Uh, I know. They just started it like at the beginning of January, so they're not going to get it done in like 60 days. Um, so no, the, the locker room project, from my understanding, will be done like at the start of the season. Well, um, and Brady Collins is is on top of it, so yeah, might as, be done quicker than expected. I as you'd expect him to be, <laughs> of course. Um, the IPF, the they only part? put the, the IPF, the re renderings of the IPF. I mean, they only released the RFP for the IPF. Um, RFQ? Yeah. Um, they, they only released that like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. So they have They'll have it out. Look, they'll have it out as soon as possible. We all want to see it. Because it's good for that. donations yeah. to get it out as soon as possible. So they'll have it out as soon as possible. I don't know when uh, summer, I would guess, right? Like four to six months probably to like really mm -hmm. produce high level renderings, maybe a little sooner, maybe late spring, early summer, but I would guess sometime this summer would be my well, guess. I mean, you have to go through the whole bid process, accept the bid, all of that. And yeah, sure. I mean, there's moving parts to that, but it's also good for recruiting. So I imagine as soon as, 
they can get it out, they'll get it yeah. out. Recruiting updates with signing period upcoming. Yes, they are upcoming. No, there's nothing happening. They're not signing anyone with Wednesday. I'm saying the updates are upcoming, just in the sense that when we get them out, they will be upcoming. Like that's because we we don't have to do this every week. Like we're getting you updates as quick as we can get them, and and we have told you guys over and over again. In terms of high school prospects, they're pretty much done. Like they haven't had anybody come visit. They they haven't like had any notable traction with any 2022 recruits in ages. So yeah, it, 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 relax. It's going to be okay. They, right. they filled their class when they filled their class. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I promise. Will Cam Jones be ready to go in time to see action in spring practice? I believe that's the plan, yes. Um, from my understanding, he's expected to be cleared. And I think we actually asked Brady about that two weeks and two weeks ago, and he said the same thing. Um, that that he's expected as long as everything goes as planned. Now they might take it easy with him and kind of ease him into it uh at the early part. Um but uh, I would expect him to be, you know, a regular participant when practice starts. All right. Is Dave going to Mobile to cover no. all our guys at the Senior Bowl? I think Dave's going to the Super Bowl. Nice. So a week in Mobile and then like four days in L.A., with a three-year-old toddler home with the wife. Hmm. That's a good way to get what you call divorced. <laughs> so wasn't my he... guess is he'll, he, he's not, no, he's not going to be in Mobile. Wasn't he supposed to be going to that podcast thing with his wife? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's for his wife. True crimes. I'm in going Columbus. to Mobile, then Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. And then my wife is going to murder me. Don't <laughs> don't. Yeah. So no, uh, no, no senior bowl. Unfortunately, um, I I looked into it a little bit, but we're hoping that Kelly gets accepted into the clinical trial uh, this week, which would start the clinical trial on Thursday. Um, so I just I I wasn't going to be able to. Uh, Just leave her here and say, good luck. We wish you well. <laughs> if you need me, call me. I'll be 14 hours away or 10 hours, 12 hours away, whatever Mobile is. It will be fun to watch all that because, I mean. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, a lot, of it on, all there's a lot of it on NFL Network. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, that that wraps up the, the football portion of the mailbag. It was pretty Actually, light. I think I think everyone's still hung over from Sunday. So <laughs> I mean can't imagine why. Right. Um the basketball portion of the mailbag brought to you by 513shirts.com. Uh what has surprised you most about one, this team, two, West Miller the coach, three, West Miller the person. Um, nothing much has surprised us about this team. I think we were pretty accurate in how we kind of portrayed this team 
to start the season, and they're in line to meet what we talked about in the previous show, right? I don't think there's any one glaring thing that's been like, oh, this is much different than what we talked about when the season started. Either of you two? Illinois win would be the biggest Yeah. For me. I mean, yeah, that was also an Illinois team that was still trying to figure out an identity without right. their star point guard. And Kofi Coburn had been out up and that right. was his first game. So they were still like figuring themselves out. That definitely were, was yeah. a surprise. Yeah, I'll give you that. I don't um, know. I, I just think they're exceeding all expectations. I didn't expect them to be at 16 and five, if I'm being completely honest. Like, even when we were looking at the schedule, I don't think when we looked this far ahead that we only saw them with five losses. I mean, we were expecting them to, we were wondering if they were going to finish with 17, 18, 19 wins. And 17 to 19 was the range that we talked about. We got a real chance at 20 now and, and even, even more. And we're talking about being not just on the bubble, but popping the bubble. And, you know, there's still some, there's a lot of basketball to be played yet. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that in his first season thus far with this team, as it was put together in 30 days, uh, yeah, they're exceeding my expectations. What surprised us most about West, the coach? Um, I don't know that it's been a surprise because the minute you met him, you felt like he was someone that connects with people. Yeah. But watching him connect with this team, that 200th win video awesome. from the locker awesome. room the other night, like they just were, they're circling 200 on the, like that's a team that's genuinely happy for their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't know, like we weren't sure given how fragile, fragile that things were coming off of last year, introducing half a new team with the old guys mesh with the new guys, his ability to connect people um, has, I don't know that it's been a surprise, but to do it in this setting with the challenges faced gives great hope, great hope for the future. All right. Um, where did but we didn't get into? The, oh, did, Wes, Wes Miller, the, Wes Miller person. the person. Sorry. Wes, Sorry. Like, do you guys have anything to add to Wes Miller, the coach? Wes Miller, the coach. For the... me, it would would just be his ability to to get the most out of the out of the players, um, and kind of you know, really kind of transform David to Julius as well. Uh, and I and and David's the one player on the team that I kind of think is is kind of just that next level offensive player that you know can can do the different things that a high level offensive player can do and create his own shot step back threes just you know he's kind of that 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 guy and he kind of lost his confidence last season and just the way that west has been able to get him locked in and and, and get everyone else locked in and bought in and Victor all these crazy locked in yes yeah that but for all these crazy rotations and, and, you know, the flow of minutes and, you know, but still no one's pouting. Everyone's always, you know, cheering on their teammates. There's never, you know, anyone hanging their head down. It's that, that to me is the main thing that West. Nobody's opted out. 
No, no one has. No one has. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think we had, what, five people opt out? At this <laughs> it was point a lot. Season last year? It, was, it was a lot. It was a but, lot. No, I, it's it's just cool, which which also kind of ties into Wes, the person as well. It's just his ability to kind of just be, you know, be infectious and bring everyone with him. He, he was dead serious when he says, I want you, you know, two feet in, ten toes down. He was dead serious about that. Wasn't Rap, got, wasn't Rap on that team last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Rap was oh, on that team. Mama, Mama do Diara. Good Lord. Wes the person. Harvey. Now well, Zach Harvey's scoring goals for Team USA. Did you see that? No. Um, I got something else to add to West Miller, Coach. Um, I just enjoy his adjustments, truthfully. Like, halftime adjustments, I, I think, have been fantastic and something that this this fan base has been clamoring for for years to actually, like, see noticeable adjustments. And I feel like this year is the first time in a long time that we've actually been able to, like, even your standard layman basketball fan can see the halftime adjustments that coach is making, not even mentioning the on the fly adjustments. So I, I think that's been a, a breath of fresh air. I'll, I'll, I'll one up on that. And I've said this a couple times throughout the network. If you're not listening to him post game, you're doing it wrong. Cause he will teach you. He will tell you exactly what he was like. I I've changed my post-game line of questioning from what it's ever been before because usually you don't get anything with west it's like if i see something that i'm curious about i'm going to ask him post-game because generally you're going to get a very logical reasoned answer as to why he changed, or like, why what happened happened. Like, a couple games ago, I asked him about, like, Odie playing in the second half. It might have been Temple. And he was like, look, this is why we did it. We'll go back and watch the tape. Maybe we screwed it up. Maybe he should have played more in the second half because of what he did in the first half. But this is why we had our thought process. But also admitting the vulnerability to, like, coaches don't do that. Coaches don't just say like, this is why we did it. We're going to go back and watch the tape and thinking about it in retrospect. I might've, I might've bricked that. I, I might've needed to get him a couple more minutes. Like if you're not watching the post game, both listening on radio when he's with Dan and Terry, cause Dan and Terry do a great job asking questions. And I've tried to step my game up as well because we've got a coach that's willing to like, give you the insight as to why he did what he did and why the decisions were made. And I think that's awesome for a fan base to be able to like, we all want to know, right? And he's not shy about saying, this is where my brain was at. As a person, for me, he's a normal dude. Like that's my biggest thing. Like, I, again, I've been doing this. I, I started in 1995 at Marshall. So we're on year 27 that, that on and off, then mostly on, I've been in this business. I just want a coach that's like a human, man. You're no better than anybody. You're not some fucking special, like put on a pedestal, everybody bow down and kiss your ass. 
I like the coaches that are like, man, I'm just a ball coach. Like that's, that's, right. that's who I am. That's what I ended up being good at. Yeah. I'm making a lot of money. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of prestige with it, but I'm just a guy like I, you know, and, and that's what I love about West. Just a guy, just, just a guy that happened to be, have a desire to coach basketball and happened to be good at it when he pursued it, but doesn't like overthink it and think like, you know, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, I can't really answer too much about the person as I haven't really gotten to know him, but. You've been around him a little bit. Has he always known your name and like been like, what's up, Aaron? No, uh, but he recognizes my face. I mean, he well, doesn't. Yeah. He hasn't actually said my name, um, so I don't know oh. that he's necessarily knows my name. But I, I think he I does. He associates my face with you anyway, and I'm sure if you talk about me, he knows who you're actually talking about. So, I introduced I introduced myself to Mike Thomas. I think 24 times. Okay. While Mike was the AD at Cincinnati. Every time I met him, I'm like, hi, Mike, Chad Brendel. I work for Bearcat Layer. Oh, Chad, nice to meet you. I'm like, we met four days ago. <laughs> that was the 18th time that we met. <laughs> um, next question. Where did Micah Adams Woods get his nickname? That nickname being Shuey. It's a childhood thing. I, I, I couldn't give you a great answer on that. He came here with that. So that's not a UC thing. That was a... Uh, inherited childhood thing maybe if i get to talk to him uh here soon i'll ask him where shuey came from but All can right. we just mention real fast how awesome he's been recently it's just it's awesome well we wanted him to be more aggressive and i feel like he's answered the bell they needed him desperately in that first half and he came through they don't win that game without what he did in the first half at ecu Um, like, the next like it, it, Mike Adams with Shuey, it, it's short for shoestrings. So uh, maybe he just didn't tie his shoestrings. It was a it was a prologue for a kid they called Shuey. He got the nickname from a coach back in Syracuse. Okay, yeah. I'm guessing he played basketball with his shoestrings untied. Right. That would be my guess. Hard to do. Not smart. Bad for your ankles. That, that he played that. with the smooth confidence of someone who had the ball on a string. The oh, string, okay. String there became shoestring, became shoey, and the name stuck. Thank okay. you with the hat tip to Justin Williams. <laughs> oh, screw that guy. <laughs> Real. Um, I don't know where this question went in the mailbag. I'm struggling to find it, but I did copy and paste it. I, I don't know if they deleted it or where it went. Um, besides Sage, are there any other low post types interested for 2022 and especially low post scorers? Uh, portal. So we'll get to that when we get to the end of the season. If you're bringing, if you're bringing in somebody to be a low post scorer, you're not going to get in the high school kids. Like those, those aren't polished low post scorers. Like there's, there's nobody that Cincinnati can get that's coming in and, and getting you buckets with their back to the rim. That's going to be, have to have to be somebody you find uh, in the portal. And I can assure you that will be a focus. 
All right. Um, if you're Wes Miller, and this just came in a couple minutes ago, if you're Wes Miller, who do you take out of Rayvon and Dalen Swain? Is that a situation in which you take whoever commits first, or do you push hard for one over the other? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> because I like the thing is, I don't know with with Skillings and Reed, are you really going to take two wings in 23? Um, I think with the way the game has changed, wings are a lot more valuable now than any other, like, if you can go get a scoring wing or you can go get, like, you know, wings basically now take up three positions, two through four, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not opposed to getting a lot of them. Um, I, I don't have a great answer for this question. I, I personally am a huge Dalen Swain guy. Right. Because I think he can help in so many different ways. Like he can play, he plays point guard for his high school team. He's pushing 6'8". He's an active defender. He's long. He can pass. He can handle. He can get to the paint. Like, um, if Rayvon shoots like he's been shooting it lately, though, boy, that's, a, you know, you get a, a six six kid to, to complement Skillings and Reed where you now have three big-time wing scorers. Um, I, I don't have a great answer for that question because I, I it, it depends on the dynamics of you're, you're going to need a point guard in 23. I think that's clearly evident. You're probably going to want another high school big. So how many spots are you truly working with? How many of those spots do you want to save for the portal? Being that that'll likely be your entrance into the big 12, right? Are you going to rely on a four or five person freshman class going into your first season playing in the big 12? I think that's dangerous. A great question. Awesome question. And you guys know, very rarely is there a question that I'm like, yeah. I, I don't have a great answer for it. Um, I I probably myself take Swain. Is, is there the, anything with like the hometown hero aspect of it? There's, yeah, there's part of it because like if, if Rayvon wants to come and you don't take him, like that's going right. to hurt. Yeah. Locally. Like he's a he's a four star top fifty type kid, top seventy five type kid. If he wants to come, and I think there's a chance that like they're pretty high up on his list. Um, yeah, you probably have like I, it's so tough, man. It's a it's a. Do you turn down an OBC like you haven't been able to get any all Ohio kids in like twenty years? If you got an all Ohio like all Ohio's best kid and he wants to come, do you turn him down? So tough. Yeah, and you've got Tyler McKinley uh, retweeting Wes Miller, happy birthday, and all of a sudden does he say, wow. McKinley's 24. No, no, no. No, I know, but I'm saying all of a sudden does he say, wow, okay, they're not taking a Cincinnati kid. No, Uh, I don't think that's really – I think that's something fans worry about more. Each kid's looking – Tyler McKinley's not going to be like, well, they they didn't – they took Dalen Swain over Rayvon, so I'm not going to Cincinnati. That's not – Yeah, true. That's not how that part works, but like – 
It's a it's a hard question. It's a hard it question. Is. Good All job, right. Cincy ninety five. You get question of the day. <laughs> uh, this came during the show. Um, what's the best thing to happen to you? See Bob Huggins or the Seapaw logo? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I I would say the Seapaw logo. It's it's still around. Oh, touche. Uh, I love the Sea Paul. I can wear the Sea Paul. I can't wear Bob. That'd be uh, weird if Ross, you did. Ro- roster. Uh, Oscar. I'll go Oscar. Oscar. It's bigger than all three. Okay, Oscar. Oscar. Oscar it is. All right. Um, or Ed Jucker. That concludes the basketball portion of the mailbag. On to everyone's favorite, uh, where, where Skins takes over. Because, <laughs> of course, he does. Uh, continuing the trend of celebrity deaths, this question is meant to honor Patrick Mahomes, who died a horrible death on CBS yesterday. The first question is for Chad. How insufferable was the girl child during the first half of the game yesterday? Follow-up question. Did you taunt her as Mahomes died a slow death in the second half? Uh, she wasn't too bad because she got mad because we didn't make the bagel dip that she wanted us to make. Um, great bagel dip recipe if you like bagel dip. Uh, cream cheese and hot pepper jelly. Hot pepper jelly is like a new, th- like a, a big thing lately. You can find it in in most places uh, that you, you you shop for groceries. Uh, you saw a lot just, of char- charcuterie boards. Is it? Yeah. We, we just use it for bagels. We just hot pepper. Well, the hot pepper jelly itself. Mix the hot pepper jelly with the cream cheese, and you get a bagel dip. Uh, we didn't make it. We we just were saving it for the Super Bowl. Uh, so she was she was big mad. Uh, and stayed up in her room most of the first half. I had to call her down and tell her that Travis Kelsey had scored a touchdown. Um, she was around for the towards the end of the game. She had gotten over it, and uh, I taunted her a little bit. Um, but she wasn't. It, it wasn't all that satisfying because she wasn't paying a great deal of attention because she was in the room, but she was kind of on her phone still. So when they got the interception, I was like, let's go. And I, <laughs> I kind of pointed her down and she was like, what happened? And I'm like, that's not, this isn't any fun. How can I trash talk you if you're not paying attention? How do you go from so emotionally invested that you almost cried into your cereal bowl the week before to this week she, where you just don't care? Again, she almost cried when they, like when they lined up for the kick. So when she's paying attention, she's emotionally invested She's just 11. So ADD. concentration is, yeah. you Squirrel. know, huh? What? Right. So yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as you would think, but um, she still wants like she's her, her, her Kelsey Jersey, I think is coming tomorrow. We didn't get it in time. She's still excited about the delivery of her Kelsey Jersey. Cause I told her afterwards, look, the Bengals and the chiefs, that's going to be a thing. Over the next five years, a lot. And, so, and the Bills. <laughs> yeah. And probably the Chargers and the Ravens, if they get healthy. Pile and on, <laughs> the, the, the AFC is going to be a bloodbath tough. for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough. Uh, P.S. Assuming that BCJ Production Company can come up with the funding, who plays what role in the film about the 2021 Bengals, and why is Aaron Paul Brown? <laughs> Do I play Hakeem Adeniji? Yeah, you're Hakeem Adeniji. <laughs> they got to they got to figure out something to do with that. That guy's got to go. Oof. 
I can't be. I've never seen somebody get beat standing still so frequently. Where it's just like he goes to block and like they're gone. And he's like, huh? Oh shit. (laughs) Joe, four. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. (laughs) Um I don't know. I'll go uh I'm, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm. I'll take. I'll take Mixon. Like I'm the the energy, the you know the 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 push forward life force that is Joe Mixon. Okay. Hmm. I mean, it, it, who it, is Dave? I guess Dave's Joey franchise. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I say mix Jamar Chase. Okay, he's the, like the rookie, you know, but well, he's not well, a rookie. I guess. Well, it's hard. well he like, took a year off. Yeah. Okay. Football. I like it. I like it. He took a year off. He, like, was, you know, he was with Joey Burrow a year, and then came back yeah, on fire. Off, came back. Now he's with Joey Burrow again. He's on I wanna, fire. Right? I want to be. I, mean, I guess I. I guess I could say I'm. I'm Burrow because you know when we took over, when I took over full ownership, this. This this company has grown two hundred over two hundred percent since I took over full ownership in two thousand sixteen. So I, I guess I could say I I, I don't want to like throw myself into the lead role every time, but I don't have cool glasses. Um, but I do have cool glasses. They got the video things in them. I want to be yeah, CJ Uzama, but I don't think I'm 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 not positive enough to be cj uzama so instead i think i'll be eli apple just talking shit on everybody <laughs> i also think chad could be a good eli apple well you know just, just yeah but i like it i have more self-awareness i have more self-awareness than eli apple, eli apple he's been awful for most of his career right and now that he has one ray of sunshine he's just talking mad shit so i get the air and the Aaron angle there. <laughs> Maybe you had a pretty good. I've had a pretty good career, twenty-five year career. I've had a real solid year and a half. <laughs> right. <like so>. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, are you Sam Hubbard? No. <laughs> who, who are are you? I mean, I think you might be Mike Brown. Who, Aaron? Brent. Brent? No, Brent. Me. <laughs> Maybe you're Elizabeth Blackburn. I'm thinking. You I'm, know, you, you're 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 changing it up. Your positive energy. I might you, be you know. Dan Hoard. And uh, I can't let you be the goat. That's not the how narrator. it works. That's uh, not how it works. <laughs> I'm either. You know, That's I'm Dave kid. Lapham. You could be no, no. Brent could be Lapham for sure. <laughs> for sure. Then who's who's up at the booth with me? I don't know that we have uh, that person. Uh, yeah, I'm not that. Per- I'm not that good. <laughs> Mo, Mo is Dan Horde. Mo okay. works for us. We got to include Mo in these right, things now. Right. Yeah, he works here. Okay. And when Dan Horde doesn't like can't, can't, Mo is up in the booth. So Fair. you and Mo are in the booth. Player wise, I think I could take CJ Uzama. Well, I'll be CJ. I was gonna say, if you're up there with with Mo, then Ed Ed would also make a pretty good CJ Uzama. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. Maybe. Uh, trying to think who else. Hmm. It could be a good. Uh, Jeff no. Gentle would be Carlos Dunlap because he's always like you know he spent the whole day talking about should should there have been a fumble 
uh, when Mixon went down and tossed the ball at the end. Keeping the day after, up. the day after winning the game and going to the Super Bowl, Jeff wants to like you know <laughs> piss in everybody's Wheaties. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> Carlos Dunlap sounds about right yeah. for that. For yeah, who's a good T Higgins? When uh, called on, gets the job done. Might have had a bigger role. Carrie, Carrie could be a T Higgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie's content is always solid. It's mm-hmm. long, like you know. There's, it's, yeah, you got to set aside. Not quite as much as when you write, but when Carrie writes, you still you got to set aside like two poops to get through it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's go. Let's get done. Like, we're up like we've been on for a long time. Let's go. All right. Um, who would win in a three point contest, and how many scores would you have to combine in order to beat Wes? I'm a mid range guy, so I'm not winning a three three point contest. I'm great from like 15, 17 feet. You get me out the three. That's not my. That's not my strength. There's no part of my basketball game that is great. Can you All make right. threes? I mean, I can. I, I wouldn't say at any type of regular clip. Okay. So then I'll win the three point contest, but uh, not I saying much. I still don't believe that. Oh, <laughs> with the with the lack of confidence you two had, I will happily take that. I know my scouting report. I I fear you don't know your scouting report. Oh, I know mine pretty damn well. Set fantastic screens, a little pick and pop every once in a while. Can knock down the occasional deep ball. I'd say. I'd that say. Sounds I'd... like somebody that overvalues how often they can actually knock down an occasional deep ball. I don't know. I think I've got a pretty decent percentage. We'll have if, to put it, put it to the test one day. If we're playing the the three point contest with racks and everything, I, I say I probably need five games to beat Wes. <laughs> I'm going to need a lot, yeah. Wes would go damn near perfect. We'd probably need a full day, too, because you'll get pretty I, tired. Here's the problem is I don't have a great um, – a truly great feel of Wes's three-point prowess because when I've seen him in practice shoot threes, he's shooting them to miss to start a rebounding drill or to start, wow. like, you know, box out, get the rebound – Go. Well, he, he doesn't need the bubble. Uh, well, bubble he's trying. To on miss. The he's trying to miss. No, I know, but like you know that bubble that. Yeah, that if he was trying like... to make them, then they could probably put the bubble on there, and I would have a better feel for how he is as a shooter. I mean, that's just his pinpoint accuracy. Shooting. Right. He knows. He knows exactly where to miss. Impressive. And the last question in the five one three shirts dot com mailbag. Who would be the headline act in your perfect Super Bowl halftime show? Which musicians would you have make guest appearances? What songs would you need to have on your dream set list? Go ahead, boys. Jesus. I'm pretty good with this one. This one I'm super excited about. Yeah. I mean, um, this one's awesome. Outcast for me would be my headline act, okay. which I thought should have happened in the Atlanta Super Bowl. I think it would be super fun to do, like, at some point, a 90s pop punk where they just have, like, Fallout Boy, Blink-182, <laughs> Panic at the Disco. Like, just hit me right in the nostalgia. But uh, I think you'd where have Where would to... that one be at? Like, at, at San Francisco, in San Francisco or something? Seattle. 
Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. It have to be Seattle. And they're the playing, other... and they're playing all their their own versions of Nirvana songs. No, that would be grunge. That wouldn't be pop punk. Grunge yeah, but would I'm, be Seattle. I'm saying if you're doing it in yeah, if you're doing it in Seattle, but then it would have to be grunge. That would have to be Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots. Half of them don't even have lead singers alive anymore. <laughs> Some of them do. <laughs> Speaking of lead singers not alive, yeah. Sublime in LA would be like my perfect halftime show. Okay. What are they blotting like, off? The more I, the older I've gotten, the more I just love. Like I go back through that Sublime catalog, and I was like, that dude didn't miss, man. Sublime with like, Rome is not the same. No. So many great, great, just songs from like listening to the, like digging into the lyrics, listening to the the music, like just th- those dudes were, and and to think that like they got their start just like strumming beach parties in LA and that dude had his Dalmatian and like all the videos with him like yep. I Sublime in LA would have been could you imagine if like I, I guess they were actually because they were both from Long Beach like Snoop and Sublime had actually like crossed paths a few times doesn't surprise me at all so I would love to have had like a, a Snoop all of a sudden like Sublime like <laughs> comes up from you know I'll settle for Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige, but I would have preferred a a sublime segment. I still think that they've got a couple more tricks up their sleeve. I don't think they've. I don't know how many tricks you can have with that, that many, with that many. I agree. Yeah. Maybe like one or two more people come out to form like some, some songs that they were collabed together with or something. I don't know. I don't know. Are you X to the Z? Like (laughs) my my ride's going to come out. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> no. That is your mailbag brought to you again by 513shirts.com. They get You get free shipping on all orders over $45. Enter code BCJ for 10% off your entire order, 15% off the Malik Van collection, and 20% right now off the Bengals collection. Go get your 513shirts.com-ish. Bang. Bang. Fantastic, guys. Well, hey, anything else, guys? Anything else before we wrap this one I up? Got, I got nothing. Let me oh, hold Nothing. on. Check. Let me let me see. I got nothing. Sources confirmed. Joe Burrow still good. He's a winner. Desmond Ritter still good. Check him out this this week. Ladies Senior Bowl. Yep, that as well. That yeah, as well. Ed, Ed sent me something. I, I, shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't have clicked on it. I'm sorry. Well, well, guys. A huge thank you though. Still. To Danco Transmission. Huge thank you to 513shirts.com. Huge thank you to our man, Brady Collins. And, of course, a huge thank you to you guys as well, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Guys, another fantastic BBP. Who day? Go Bearcats. Big games this week for the basketball team. Huge game a week from this upcoming Sunday. But other than that, for my good buddies, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young. Yet again, this was the BBP. Presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!